There's no question, spring practice is important every single year. But this year's slate is the most pivotal one yet for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also the lead staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen or watch every day. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Happy spring practice, everybody. Today is officially the beginning of the third spring practice slate in the Shane Beamer era here at Columbia. The South Carolina Gamecocks are, of course, looking to build off of an 8-5 season, another year in which they progressed in the win-loss column this past fall. When looking at this year's spring practice slate for Shane Beamer and this coaching staff and this entire team all together... This is the most pivotal and unique spring practice yet for Shane Beamer and this football program. Now, I know some of you might be sitting there and saying, well, spring practice is important every single year. No matter what year a coach is in in his tenure, no matter what place they are at in terms of trying to build a roster, every spring practice is important. But this one is just a little bit different in my eyes. Why is it different from the previous two spring practices that have taken place under Coach Beamer. Well, there's a couple of reasons. The first spring practice that Shane Beamer had here at South Carolina was obviously one where he was just trying to get to know the entire roster. He hadn't really been in Columbia very long at that point. He'd only been in Columbia for about three and a half months or so. None of these guys were really his players that he had brought in himself. And essentially, the main thing he had to do during that time in his tenure was earn the trust of the guys that were currently in the building, which obviously is very important, but there's nothing unique about that situation considering the circumstances that were surrounding that spring practice slate for Shane Beamer. Now, you look at spring practice this past year, the Gamecocks returned a lot of their roster, a lot of the starting lineup on both sides of the ball, and they also added multiple key transfers to both sides, with the main goal being to continue momentum that they had built up or accumulated from the previous fall season. This spring practice is going to be unique because it's going to be a combination of the last two spring practices that I just mentioned all in one. The Gamecocks, in terms of returning experience, are only returning 10 starters and 37 lettermen, or guys that did not redshirt, from last season. And they have brought in 11 early enrollees from the high school ranks and 8 transfers from the transfer portal to try and help offset these losses. So, to put it bluntly, there is a ton of new faces 
on this roster. There's going to be a lot of guys that, whether they've been here for a couple years or not, that this coaching staff is now going to have to rely on to make plays consistently at their position in the starting lineup starting later today. Then you add in the momentum that this team has accumulated from this past season. Again, obviously, they went 8-5, and five, which for most programs, 8-5 and five would be, you know, probably just a decent season, you know, a little bit above average. But for South Carolina, they accomplished a lot of things last year. They defeated Texas A&M for the first time ever in program history. They defeated Kentucky in Lexington for the first time, I believe, since 2012. They knocked off two top 10 teams in the Tennessee Volunteers and Clemson Tigers in back-to-back weeks. The first time they'd ever done something like that as an unranked opponent. And then in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl... Well, the Gamecocks did not win the game at the end against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They fought all the way to the very end. And obviously, there's a lot of people out there that would say that the Gamecocks even had half of the guys that had left the team between the Clemson game and the bowl game that South Carolina would have won. Unfortunately, we will never know the end result of maybe what could have been in that instance. Now, Shane Beamer and this team, while, of course, they are trying to carry over momentum and they do have a lot of new faces, they do have some dudes on this roster. Some guys that were primarily responsible for this team taking another step forward this past season. Guys like quarterback Spencer Rattler, receiver Antoine Juice-Wells, defensive lineman Tonka Hemingway, safety Nick Evanworry, and some other solid pieces behind those guys. But there's a ton of unproven players on this team as well. We've kind of brushed on all these guys as we have sort of led into this spring practice slate. We've talked about the running back room. Obviously, Juju McDowell is pretty much the only guy on the roster that has real and true SEC football experience. But the problem is, again, he's probably never going to be a three-down back in this league. So you got a guy like Mario Anderson Jr. who was very productive at Newberry College, but that was a Division II school. What's he going to be able to do at the SEC level? We're going to start to find out potentially the answer to that question in spring practice. You got Antoine Juice Wells, of course, at wide receiver. But what's going to happen behind him? You got guys like Xavier Leggett and Eddie Lewis and some other players that have some potential to really help out this team. But The roles are not really defined quite yet at that spot. You got the cornerback position, losing guys like Darius Rush and Cam Smith. You look at linebacker. Yes, from a talent and depth standpoint, you've probably upgraded at that spot. But you cannot replace 12 years of college football experience that Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson both brought to the field this past fall. You just cannot replace that. So... Guys are going to have to step up in that area of the defense and be vocal leaders. And then you look at the edge position. We've talked about the absolute train wreck that is in terms of the depth. Not necessarily the talent, but the depth, which obviously stems from what happened this offseason with Jordan Birch transferring over to Oregon. And yeah, Gilbert Edmond went down to Florida State. And so South Carolina now, because of that and some other situations that are still ongoing, are kind of uh, in a world of hurt right now, honestly, in terms of depth at that spot. And now, going back to expectation, whatever win total is going to be set on Shane Beamer and the team this season, the entire country is going to be watching this team closely to see if they surpass 
that win total, the projected win total from the odds makers, for the third straight year in a row. Because Vegas, quite honestly, ever since Shea Beamer has come to South Carolina, they've yet to be able to nail this team in terms of what they could actually do on the field. So, in other words, besides avoiding injuries, growth in team chemistry between both the coaching staff and the players should be at the top of the priority list for Shane Beamer's program over the next five weeks. Because here's the thing, culture within the building certainly helps. And obviously, I'm sure that a lot of these guys have already gotten much closer as teammates during this off-season strength and conditioning program that has been led by head strength and conditioning coach Luke Day, whose workouts are hellacious, according to some of the new additions that the Gamecocks have brought into Columbia. But it is different when you're in between the white lines, when you are practicing signals and certain plays that you know could be the difference between you winning a football game in October or November or not could be the difference in you potentially finishing in the top three or two in the SEC Easter division. It's final year of existence. It could be the difference between you making another step, taking another step forward in terms of this program's overall expectation nationally. This is the most pivotal and unique spring practice yet for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program. Make no mistake about that. So the next five weeks are going to be huge for this football team. The foundation for what could happen this next season will start in March on these practice fields. So all that's starting off later today. And of course, I'll be sure to give y'all the best information that I can in terms of my observations while I'm there at the practice field later on this morning. Now, South Carolina, because they have a lot of new faces, both on the coaching staff and on the roster, there is a couple of question marks on this team. But there's one big question that I have regarding this team heading into spring practice. I'm going to dive into that question in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA's regular season is getting near the home stretch. We're within the final 20 games or so for each of the NBA franchises in the regular season. So, right now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, if you're a new customer that checks out FanDuel, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Not $10, not $100, $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app, it is safe. It is secure. It is super easy for you to use. You can bet on literally anything that your heart desires, from the money line to a specific prop bet to a same-game parlay that you create on your own, a certain point spread, you name it. So, don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. 
Grab your bracket and go listen to the Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown Show with national analysis and the insights from our local experts. The Locked On College Basketball Bracket Breakdown has everything you need to make the most informed decisions on your bracket. Find the episode on Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your audio podcasts and also on YouTube. All right, so continuing our conversation here with South Carolina's football program as they head into spring practice. I've got one big question with this football team that encompasses both sides of the ball. And that question is this. How does South Carolina's new look offense match up against a defense that is full of new pieces scattered across the starting lineup? Now, I ask this question for one big reason. Because when we talk about spring practice and eventually we talk about fall camp later on this year... Usually, the trend in terms of how both sides of the ball perform in practice is this. The defense is typically ahead of the offense. And then as practice moves along, the offense starts to get more into a rhythm. They get their timing down with their plays. And they start to catch up slowly but surely. And they start to get the better of the defense at times in practice. And obviously, as a head coach... There's no real perfect ideal scenario here because you don't want one side of the ball to be getting beaten on every single day. But you also can't control practice so much to where it's almost a 50-50 split. So you kind of just have to let the chips fall where they may in this aspect. And that's something that's going to be interesting to see this spring with South Carolina's football team because obviously South Carolina's offense is now led by a new play caller in Dow Loggins who of course comes over from the Arkansas Razorbacks having been their tight end coach from the past two years but brings 16 years of NFL coaching experience to Columbia including nine years as an NFL offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He has said before that his offense is going to be centered around quarterback Spencer Rattler and what he does best. And then it's going to move on to the offensive line before permeating out to what his skill players on the edge do the best. So in terms of that aspect, from a rhetoric standpoint, the fan base has got to be pretty excited about these prospects. And along with the fact that this offense should not be as complicated from a terminology or communication standpoint compared to the last offense that they had here under Marcus Satterfield, which there's no confirmation that this is true, but there were rumblings at times that there were up to six or seven checks that Spencer Rattler had to make before he even got the snap, either at the last scrimmage or in the shotgun, which... When you're a quarterback and you're having to think about that many different factors in a college football offense, it's pretty easy to see when just throwing that out there how sometimes last season things could have been a little bit more difficult for Spencer Rattler. And it's why it's important to remember the numbers didn't always look the greatest, but it wasn't all on him. Now, you talk about that with the offense, and of course we've talked about, you know, the wide receiver position, running back group, and, you know, even the offensive line to a certain extent, having to replace certain guys. The same deal goes for the defense to an even larger extent. The defense is losing a bunch or has lost a bunch of leaders from this past year's squad. You talk about Zach Pickens on the defensive line, a guy that really took some players underneath his wing. He's now gone. Sherrod Green and Brad Johnson, again, two Highly seasoned vets at that spot. Both of them are gone. 
Darius Rush and Cam Smith are both gone. So now you have to find new guys to rely on. And in terms of the edge position, you know, you might have a little bit more worry in terms of how that all is going to shake out. At linebacker and cornerback, it's more so just who's going to earn those spots. Who's going to want them more than everybody else in that position group. But the thing that we got to keep in mind is this spring practice could tell us a lot about how either side of the ball could perform this upcoming season. If the defense gets the better of the offense, let's say, let's say the defense actually rallies around each other. The new guys that are in the starting lineup, they end up doing great. They have the advantage in terms of their system is the exact same with Clayton White. Maybe Clayton White can add a few more concepts that the past couple of years he could not run, whether it was based on the personnel he had or based on the fact that it was still the first year or two of his new system here at South Carolina. What does that say about the offense? Is Dow Loggins' playbook and Spencer Rattler's talents, are they not merging correctly? Is the offense actually still complicated? Has it not been simplified in terms of the communication aspect? Are guys having trouble stepping up at the skill positions? Is the offensive line still struggling? You can see where I'm going with this. The defense, for once in spring practice here, probably should not have that much of a head start over the offense. The only head start that they literally have is a playbook knowledge standpoint, right? So, if South Carolina's offense can't get the better of the defense for the majority of this spring, then there might be some reason, again, just some reason to worry about that side of the ball. Now, let's flip-flop it. What if the offense gets the better of the defense this entire spring? That's just as much of an indictment on the defensive side of the ball because, again, well, the offense, yeah, they're not necessarily changing out the entire wheel in terms of what they want to run under new play caller Dow Loggins, but you still have the same playbook. You still got the same coaching staff. Nobody left your side of the ball. That should not be a struggle for you. Yes, you got a bunch of new players that you're relying on to step up at certain spots, but most of those guys will have been in this program for a couple years now up to this point. So if the defense from the jump is having issues against South Carolina's offense, then that's probably not a good sign for that side of the ball. Now, of course, you could also try to argue the inverse and just say that it's because the other side of the ball is just getting along quite well in terms of what their objectives are. But usually, again, it's somewhere probably in the middle. So, again, to get back to the main question, how does South Carolina's new-look offense match up against a defense full of new starting pieces in spring practice? That's going to be something that I'm going to be very interested to pay attention to during the practices that are open to the media for the first few periods. Now, the issue, of course, is for the majority of these practices, we're probably not going to see anything beyond the individual drills that are there. So hopefully there'll be some information that'll trickle out regarding the team drill aspect leading into the spring game on April 15th. And we'll get a better idea as to just what to expect from both sides of the ball heading into the summer and eventually heading into preseason fall camp. All right, so we talked a lot about spring practice on today's show, and obviously there's going to be a lot more to talk about regarding spring practice as the next few weeks take place. But let's talk about some recruiting real quick because uh, there was a big piece of news for a Gamecock target on Monday afternoon as 
2025 defensive lineman Elijah Griffin, I believe out of Savannah Christian Academy in Savannah, Georgia, was named by Rivals, one of the bigger recruiting service websites out there, as their number one overall prospect for the 2025 recruiting class, which obviously is a pretty big honor for Elijah Griffin. And it also is another feather in the cap of guys like Sterling Lucas and Jimmy Lindsay on South Carolina's coaching staff who are quickly shaping up to be the best defensive line recruiting duo in all of college football. Jimmy Lindsay, when you look at what he has done in his short time here in Columbia on the recruiting trail, Jimmy Lindsay is the primary recruiter right now for 2025 prospects Elijah Griffin and Amari Adams. Amari Adams is out of Lake City, South Carolina. Both of these guys are widely viewed to be top 50 prospects at the minimum by the majority of the recruiting service websites right now. He also was the primary recruiter for two big-time commitments in the 2023 recruiting class in Xavier McLeod and Elijah Davis, which couldn't have been huge in terms of how Sacramento's defensive line depth chart shakes out, especially at that edge position coming out of spring practice and heading into fall camp. But that's not all. He also helped bring in guys like Fakari Swain and Jaylon Kilgore, two studs in that defensive secondary unit that could wind up being starters sooner rather than later in the very near future. And then you look at Sterling Lucas. This guy is the primary recruiter right now for 2024 prospects Justin Green and Dylan Stewart. Dylan Stewart is widely viewed to be one of the top prospects in his class along with Justin Green but is currently viewed by on three as the number one overall prospect in the 2024 class Stern Lucas brought in Nicholas Harper in the 2023 recruiting cycle he landed a guy like Desmond Omeozulu out of the DMV region brought him down here he is now already on campus with the team working out and about to trot out in a helmet and jersey for the Gamecocks on the practice field later today and he helped to bring in guys like Grayson Pup Howard and Lenoris Sellers. A lot of these guys that they have helped to bring in or have brought in primarily through their own efforts are guys that are going to have a chance to change the program at their position for the next three to four years. That says a lot when you talk about the recruiting prowess of Jimmy Lindsay and Sterling Lucas. When you look at a coaching staff overall, obviously, when you're an SEC football program, you need to have guys that are going to get after it on the recruiting trail. You also got to be able to develop players. And I think that sometimes, admittedly, with the way that things are, we tend to devote too much time in terms of the recruiting aspect with coaching staffs, where at times... We need to also look at the development side of things as well. And when it comes to recruiting and developing, the thing to keep in mind is there are certain position groups where it is a lot more important to develop more so than recruit. But for Sterling Lucas, he has proven so far that he can do both of those things. Gilbert Edmond had a career year last year at that edge position, replacing the injured Jordan Straw Jordan Birch had a pretty solid year in his first year as a starter at South Carolina facing SEC 
competition. Then you look at Sterling Lucas and who he's recruiting on the recruiting trail. This was a guy that was in the NFL just two years ago. He had never been responsible for recruiting guys to a football program at the collegiate level until this past year. He's already probably one of the best in the country at his position right now. That says a lot in terms of how he's able to relate to players and also speaks a lot to how good Shea Beamer is at evaluating prospective assistant coaches in terms of how are they going to be able to recruit these modern-day athletes. You look at Jimmy Lindsay. This is a guy that has done quite well in his own right. He helped to develop Zach Pickens to two career years in his final two seasons here at South Carolina. Talka Hemingway, I mean, just bursted onto the scene this past year. You look at a guy like TJ Sanders, who's come along quite nicely at the interior defensive tackle position. And then you look at how deep that position group is. Talka Hemingway, Alex Boogie Huntley, TJ Sanders, Nick Barrett, Xavier McLeod, Elijah Davis. And now you might bring in guys like an Elijah Griffin or an Amari Adams. It is ridiculous what both of these guys have done in terms of recruiting especially, but also developing talent as well. And it goes back to Shane Beamer and his eye for talent, not just in terms of players. Obviously, he's proven so far he could do that at a very high level as well. But he's also very good at identifying coaches and coaches that are going to be fits on the staff That, again, can handle the modern-day load of a major Power 5 college football coach and can also get it done on the football field when it matters on Saturdays. Jimmy Lindsay and Sterling Lucas are two shining examples of that. And, obviously, for Gamecock fans, they'll hope to continue to see that from them in the next couple of cycles because Elijah Griffin and Dylan Stork, whoo! Wouldn't it be something if both of those guys end up in Columbia, South Carolina? I think at that point, everybody in the country would be screaming for the NCAA to investigate South Carolina if they were to land both of these prospects. This staff is getting these players because they are showing on-field results in terms of development, and they are building a family culture, and they can relate to these players. They care about these guys for more than just their talent. That speaks volumes to these players in 2023. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show as always. What are your thoughts on this spring practice period upcoming for Shane Beamer and South Carolina's football program? What do you think about its importance? Do you think it's the most pivotal spring practice to date for Shane Beamer and his staff? Let me know your thoughts on that and the other topics I discussed today, as always, down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or you can shoot me a direct message on Twitter at A-Line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. And once again, don't forget to make Lockdown College Basketball your second watch or listen for their bracket breakdown show now that you have watched or listened to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But once again, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will catch y'all on the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.